Well, hello there, and thanks for tuning in to HC Conversations, a podcast where we have discussions around faith, life, politics, and more, and how to navigate those things as a follower of Jesus. You'll also find audio from weekly messages at Hope Community. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to HC Conversations. Excited to have a little conversation today. Uh, it is Monday, May 25th, 2020. And so that means it's Memorial Day here in the States. So happy Memorial Day to you, um, to your family. I hope you enjoy today's holiday. Um, seriously, as we remember those who have served our country, who have given their lives. Uh, but it's going to lead us into... Uh, our topic for today um, as it relates to this intersection between faith and country and uh, as I reflect back over some of my experience in church around holidays like Memorial Day um, and also Veterans Day that there would be this weird blending of country and faith and there would be times when we would, I mean, on, like Memorial Day weekend on that Sunday, we would say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, followed by the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag, the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. We would also sing as a part of the worship set, um, like patriotic American songs, as you just heard Paul humming through that introduction, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Um, America the Beautiful. America the Beautiful. Star Spangled Banner. My Country Tis of Thee. Uh, God Bless America. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just this weird, weird idea. And that brings us to today's topic of Christian nationalism. What is it? Where did it come from? Is it good? And ha- like, what? What? It's what? What I are we doing? Even... Yeah. So that's where we're going. Mm hmm. Um, I guess right from the get-go, you may be able to tell from our, our tone that we're not exactly fans of Christian nationalism, um, and we're, we're going to kind of unpack why a little bit, but I, I guess, and this may be strange for you to even hear, because I know for a long time growing up, this didn't seem weird at all. No, it was just like, part of normal life. It's what you did every patriotic holiday weekend like you just you just know hey we're going to say the pledge of allegiance at church today right. and we're going to sing my country tis of thee or or whatever right and July it just seemed 4th, normal memorial day and veterans day veterans there's like day. the three yep those are the three all the you know your summer holidays <laughs> you got your summer kickoff your midsummer and your end of summer and and it's just yeah so it's it seemed normal and then as as time went on as faith kind of grew and understanding what it means to follow Jesus. It's just like, wait a minute, this, this doesn't seem like it fits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it seemed really out of place for me. Um, in fact, I remember like being really uncomfortable walking into service, knowing that I was going to be saying the pledge of allegiance in a worship service. Not that I have anything against saying the pledge of allegiance anywhere else, but in a worship service. Yeah, I think we should probably like say that right from the beginning too. We don't want you to think like that we're anti-American or anything like that. I mean, I I love where I live. Mm-hmm. Like we are blessed to live here. I think America is awesome. It's great. I truly do believe like as far as um, you know, freedoms and opportunity and just everything that we have, it's probably the greatest place to live on the planet at right. any point in history. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we right. just happened to be here. Like that was just like 
pretty much luck of the draw that we happen to be born here, and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's the it's the blending it's of the blending nationalism and Christianity, and Christianity that becomes very problematic, or even the order of of priority, right? Because as you were saying, you'd be uncomfortable going into a worship service knowing that you're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Like, what order did we say it in? It was always Pledge of Allegiance mm -hmm. to the flag first. Right, and the flags were always up front. And then the Christian flag, mm -hmm. and then the Bible. Um, and it's just kind of a weird idea to say, I pledge allegiance to this flag that represents this country, but then I also pledge allegiance to these other things. But what we don't understand is that you can really only pledge allegiance to one thing, mm -hmm. no matter what that is in life. Right. Because at some point, that one thing is going to come in conflict with other things. And, and let's just be honest, if I'm, I'm pledge alle pledging allegiance to the American flag, to America, at some point, it's going to be in conflict with the ways of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's, so it's like, and, and that's, you know, that's where the, the, that's the crux of the issue. The question is, okay, where is my allegiance ultimately mm -hmm. is it with jesus is it with this country because they're not always going to line up no and they, in fact they shouldn't always line up Ooh. uh because jesus i think it was um maybe tony evans that has been quoted as saying jesus didn't come to take sides he came to take over and so so often what seems to be happening whenever you're blending christian faith and nationalism is it seems like you're taking sides mm -hmm. and the kingdom of god is not taking sides. It's crushing all of those boundaries that we have for our politics. Right. Yeah. You know, we think, and again, we're speaking from the perspective, this is your first time listening. We're two pastors speaking from the perspective of followers of Jesus. So as a Christian, um, we think, well, we're, you know, we're Americans. We're, we live in a democracy. Um, no, if you're constitutional Republic, constitutional Republic. Yes. Thank you. It's not technically a democracy. Um, it's like, no, if you're a Christian, you are a part of a kingdom. This isn't a republic. You have a king. Mm -hmm. um, his name is Jesus. And um, we get that kind of backwards. And in fact, it's kind of funny. We'd even see that in like, you see that in church governance structures. This is mm -hmm. off topic. We didn't plan on talking no. about it. But it just, just reminded me that, especially like older churches, they were set up to reflect the American way of government. Mm -hmm. um, you had entire congregations that, Voted, voted on things and you had these kind of meetings that just very much resembled okay we got like a constitutional convention yeah or, we've got congress or whatever yeah. the people i want to vote i want to and, and like uh church leaders were basically like elected representatives and it's just like there's just all throughout the history of the church especially in america there has been a blending of the church and faith and um, american government and the american system um and that's not to say that the American governance system or anything is bad. There's anything wrong with it, but it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't be so, I guess, tightly interwoven mm -hmm. with faith. Um, I think we forget that, and this is a good place to probably just just really start. Is that America is you know 200 years old and some change. The church has been around for 2,000 years. Like right. this Jesus movement's been around for 2,000 years. And so... And America hasn't. It's, it's yeah, yeah, way older than that. 1,800 years before America it's ever existed. It's to the Roman Empire. And, yeah, Roman it's Empire. so many. Yeah. Empires, kingdoms. What are the different types of governance? Oligarchies, dictatorships, different economic systems of capitalism, socialism, communism. I mean, just every type of government, economy, system, tribalism that you can imagine. 
Christianity has has infiltrated that and been a part of that and been able to thrive there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like that's a really good place to just start a conversation like this to understand that that Christianity and America are not the same thing. They're not no. synonymous. Uh, they should not be. And when we make them that way, we do a lot of damage, mm-hmm. like a lot of damage. Right. So, I mean, one thing that you might have heard is that, you know, America is like the, the promised land. And that was definitely the perspective of um, the Puritans and, of you know, the, the pilgrims is that this was God's chosen land it's that the they were coming Israel. through, the new Israel, um, you know, coming to establish, you know, a, like a, a religious society here in this new country. And you see that, you know, in Manifest Destiny, that it's our God-given right to take over, you know, this country because God's given it to us. It's ours to right. do what it, we want if with. If it's the promised land, we're the new Israel. It's the conquest. Mm-hmm. And, like, just like the people in the promised land of the Old Testament, the Israelites, you know, they were they were to drive them out. It's like, well, if this is the new promised land, whoever was here before us, we just drive them out because it's the God it's it God-given us. right to do. So, yeah, this idea of I guess Christian nationalism, it goes all the way back to before it was we were even founded as a nation from the first mm-hmm. settlers. Right. Settlers. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of um, really good books that we don't have time to get into today. Um, in fact, we discovered some in our research. It's like, "Ooh, I did. want that book." <laughs> yeah. Um, but just I encourage you to dig in a little bit more into some of the history uh, of our country and of I guess Christian nationalism. Right. So, so why is it problematic? I mean, we talked just a little bit about like where it came from. Um, I mean, we could touch on a little bit like what happened in the mid nineteenth century or twentieth century that really kind of got to where we are today. If yeah. you want to, we could. I like that. Okay. I think we go back a little bit too, and I, I think there needs to be a uh, just an understanding of uh, we do this with anything of a we make the past like. This, this nostalgic thing like it was awesome. And I think a lot of Christian nationalism is rooted in this thought of like, we need to get back to mm-hmm. what it used to be because we used to be a Christian nation and things were so awesome. You think, you know, Little House on the Prairie days, you know, the 1800s and, this, and it's just like, oh, it was just amazing and we were all just Christians and going to church. It's like, no man, like dig into what the nation was like in the you know 1800s at the, the turn of the century and like these different times and like it was messed up right i mean it was there was nothing christian about the way that, that people lived i mean you, you can go back even further than that in the settling of the land and what we did to native peoples and and then you can move along to uh, i don't remember what the stat was in the one podcast we were listening to and it was like how many brothels existed in the city of chicago in like the 1800s it was right. like hundreds it was insane during this time of, of great christianity in yeah. the united states yeah or are things that actually that led up to like the prohibition um or it was just like i mean rampant uh, alcoholism and people just abusing their families and like mm-hmm. i mean it was just it was bad right and, and we we forget that but those are the our days we version awesome. of nostalgia yeah it might have been great for one sector of the population, mm-hmm. but it wasn't great for others. I mean, look at the oppression, the slavery that was happening in our yeah, country right. at that same time. Yeah. Um, so to say that we w- want to go back there is extremely problematic. Right. And that carries then on into, you know, more present times. You know, you talked about like the 20th century and we begin to see, I guess, a greater rise in the idea of Christian nationalism and it becomes a more prominent phenomenon as um uh, really as christianity becomes more political Mm -hmm. 
Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I don't know. I feel like that's like a separate podcast okay. <laughs> for another day because there's a lot there. There's a lot. Um, you know, we've seen a, just a rise and a return to Christian nationalism just within the last you know, five, six years. Yeah. Um, and it, it's somewhat alarming just for many reasons mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier, but we're going to just go into some more of those reasons. Um, it, it's alarming because it's demanding uh, allegiance to a country and a constitution instead of um, a savior and his kingdom and his ways. And when we you know, go the, the route of Christian nationalism, where we can legislate certain things for the benefit of me and of my people to mm-hmm. make my life easier, when we can try to legislate morality, um, we forget that we're oppressing other people that don't line up with our views, our worldview, right. um, and our political system. Yep. Uh, and, and that becomes very pro- problematic because instead of trying to liberate people, what ends up happening is we actually end up enslaving people, right. and leading back to oppression and to degrading the value of humanity, all in the name of making it, you know, good for for me and for mine. Right. Well, it, it carries the veneer of like. You know, Christianity, we say, hey, follow Jesus, it's about freedom, and we want you to experience Jesus, and we want you to know who he is and, and experience life in him, but Christian nationalism ties a national identity to that and says, but before you can do that, you have to become like us. Right. Um, and so I, a great example of this is just the way that, uh, and not so much anymore, there's been a shift, which is a good thing, but a lot of the way that like foreign missions work, you know, um, when missionaries would go out from the U S like to, to these other countries, there'd be like, we're going to Westernize you first. We're going to Americanize you first. And then we're going to give you the good news of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, cause again, it's this, this tying of, of Christianity and G in, in American culture and society together. Um, now there's been a shift, which is good where it's just like, Hey, like, Jesus is cross-cultural. The message mm-hmm. of, of Jesus, it, it's for all people, all times, everywhere. Um, and so we're learning to you know, better uh, translate that into different cultures. But again, it's that idea of if you become like us, then uh, you can have this. But if not, if you're not willing to do that, yeah, it leads to oppression. It leads to a lot of different things. Right. And throughout the Bible, I mean, we I just unpacked this in a sermon. We see this picture of Babylon, and Babylon ends up becoming just like an archetype or a picture of oppressive human systems and and human evil. Power, yeah. And so you know, we see the uh, the nation of Babylon is Babylon. We see the Assyrians become Babylon. We see uh, the nation of Israel become Babylon. How they oppress the widow, the orphan. Uh, we see Rome become Babylon, and whenever we use our authority, whatever rights we have, whatever power for our benefit, it's always at the expense of someone else. And so for Christians to, to try to legislate morality, try to, um, you know, use political influence to make their life easier, it's always at the expense of other people. And it becomes Babylon. It's anti to the kingdom of God. I mean, that's what we see. We see the kingdom of God and we see Babylon. And Babylon is not where we want to be and not what we want to be spreading right throughout history you see that this pattern actually like the church anytime the church is in a position of power like bad things happen Mm -hmm. the the church thrives and does the most good in the world when the church is on the margins 
when the church first started in the first century and it was this weird group of people in the Roman Empire, like it exploded onto the scene, even though they were the outcast of society, but the way that they cared for people, the way that they took in, um, you know, uh, babies and children that were left on the streets, the way they cared for people during um, pandemics and plagues and like people were like, whoa, these Christians are crazy. And the movement grew and it grew and it grew until the point where all of a sudden Christianity becomes the in thing to do in the Roman Empire. And a lot of that took place around like three, the, like the, the, the fourth century and uh, Emperor Constantine. And then all of a sudden, well, it's popular to be Christian and everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the rise and the merging of, uh, of the the political or the governmental system and the church, and you end up with the Holy Roman empire and bad things happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, just terrible things. And then that splits. And then you have a little bit, you know, several hundred years later and you have the church of England. And again, just it's, it's this marrying of political power, nationalistic power and the church. And it just, it leads to terrible things. Everything like every, every knock on Christianity and the church throughout history. And they're deservedly. So, um, happen when the church and like this national identity, like power go together Mm -hmm. and you see things like, uh, the crusades and and all the things that people bring up and throw in the face of Christianity and rightly so, because they did terrible things in the name of we're following Jesus. Right. When in fact they weren't, they were following their version of politics and their version of what utopia looked like that excluded certain groups of people. Right. It's, Hey, let's take again, usually our nationalistic identity or our idea of what the world should be like. Let's throw a little Jesus on top of it and call it Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what happens, you know, Christianity spreads and it goes to a place where it's on the margins again, a different part of the world. And And it it flourishes, it flourishes, it thrives. And then it comes into power and bad things happen and like it's just this cycle it's Mm -hmm. just this cycle um you know the the way of jesus is always the way of its service Mm -hmm. its sacrifice it's it's, humility it's humility it's subversion it intentionally says like no i'm not trying to leverage power for my own benefit um and that really flies in the face of of the whole nationalistic thing because jesus didn't come for our blood he he shed his blood for us. Right. Uh, and so often what we see with Christian nationalism is going after other people's Not blood, literally. But literally. But, but throughout yeah. history, there have been times. Right. So yeah, right. But going after other people's blood uh, for yeah. the sake of our own. And Jesus didn't do that. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, just we need to, to follow in Jesus's example of humility uh, because there is power in that humility, and it's not using the ways of Babylon, <laughs> violence, force, um, to get our way. It's no, it's submissive subversion. It's asking the question, okay, how can I lay down my life, my rights for you? Um, and understanding that as an individual, but then understanding that, again, when it comes to my identity, um, I am not an American first. Um, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. meaning I'm a part of the kingdom of God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and that is my primary identity. If we don't start from that place, the lines get blurred on right. everything else. And it plays out in little ways. Maybe it's, you know, it's pledging allegiance to the flag in church. And again, if you do that somewhere else, that's not, but it's just kind of weird in church. Mm-hmm. It's, it's singing patriotic songs in church. Again, somewhere else, that's fine. That's weird. But it, in church, it's like, what, 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 what right. are we, wor- what are we worshiping right. here? Like what is actually, 
and I wasn't planning to go there, but it just popped into my head. It is, you talk about Babylon, it's this picture. Some of you may be familiar with the really famous um, story. It's in the book of Daniel where uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, builds this giant statue. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know what the statue is, if it's a a big statue of him or just of their god. It was a big bunny, a chocolate bunny. Yeah, yeah. or if you watch the VeggieTales version, (laughs) it's a Nebuchadnezzar has a big chocolate giant bunny, but it represents the worship of Babylon and Mm -hmm. the ways of Babylon. Are you going to bow down to the ways of Babylon, the worship of Babylon? or not. And the whole point of that, that, that story is the three friends in the VeggieTales ver- version, Rack, Shack, and Benny, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they say like, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Because um, you're not God. Because you're not God. Right. And so, I mean, I think we just got to be careful. There's these places where we elevate again. Uh, I don't think a nationalistic identity above when, Christian when the body, when the followers of Jesus are gathered together, right? It's a Sunday service, right? We're gathered together. What are we there for? We're there for building people up. We're, we're there to, for the, to hear the word of God. We're there to, we're there to worship our king. Mm-hmm. But sorry, Jesus, we got to take a, a pause break because for, for a moment, for this three minutes that we're singing the song, we got to worship our country. And that's mm-hmm. like, ooh, that's just, um, or I'll see like even like Facebook posts, like people will be like, I'm proud to be an American and a Christian. Mm-hmm. Share if you are too. It's like, I just don't like the mess. And if that's you and you have a problem with me, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. We can have a conversation about it, but it's just, it's a, it's a weird, weird message to send. Mm-hmm. And as the world looks on, and this is like, when you talk to Christians around the world, like they think it's pretty weird too. They're right. like, what, what, what is the church in America doing? Like we're so political, political. We're so divided. We're so, uh, yeah. There's just been this marrying of the church and power and government and nationalistic identity. And mm-hmm. so I don't really have much, much to add. I just, that was it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, wherever you're at this week, this weekend, um, this holiday, I would encourage you to, um, to yes, yeah, celebrate, enjoy the freedom that we have. Um, but at the same time, recognize where your allegiance is. Is your allegiance to uh, to your king and to your savior, or is it to a country and to a political system? Uh, because Jesus calls us to to put him first, to let him take over and to be Lord of our lives. Uh, because Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. So Paul's preaching. So this weekend, today, just check your heart. Check it. Just check it. Check. Chuck it at the door. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, seriously, like use this time to, to do some reflection and, and to see where where is my worship? Where is my allegiance? Yep. And that's all we got for today. And we'll see you. I guess we won't see you, but we'll, no, we'll be back next week. We'll talk to you back here next week. Happy Memorial Day. See you, everybody. Yeah.